When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Matt Lee. And I'm Vince Mancini. And this is Pod Pod Yourself a Gun. A Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and talk Talk about about it. it. Very excited for you guys all joining us once again. Just reminding you real quick, uh, five stars and a review on the iTunes podcast Apple Store. Just uh, go ahead and do that. That would be very, very nice of you to do. Isn't that right, Vince? Yeah, we love it. We love the reviews. <laughs> I do. I've read some really uh, great ones recently. Uh, there was a couple uh, of people, though, who were uh, real mad that we weren't this other Sopranos podcast that exists and say that we don't take the show seriously enough. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I, I fucking defy you to find another Sopranos podcast out there because it turns out there isn't one. We're the only one. So you're going to just have to suck it up and listen to our shit, bro. Yeah. Sorry. And I mean, congratulations and you're welcome. But yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's fucking free. What do you what do you want from us? But also, uh, please go (laughs) and leave a review yelling at anyone who gives us a bad review. That would be uh, that would be very much appreciated. And we would love you forever for it. All right. Without further ado, uh, today we're going to be talking about from Season 5, Episode 11, The Test Dream. And our guest today is a uh, returning champion of Pod Yourself a Gun. You know him, you love him from the Chapo Trap House podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, Felix Biederman is back. Thank you for having me, Buzz. Thanks so much for coming on again. How have you you're, How have you been? You're How's the first, life? You're the first uh, <laughs> guest that has requested his own uh, episode so far. So that's well, it's true. My, it's my favorite episode. It is. This is your I'm This is only, your your favorite yeah, one. I'm the only guy who's like, this is my favorite episode because I think it's like, <laughs> okay, so I love the movie Tree of Life because it's like. Mm-hmm. Tree of Life is the only movie I've seen where it like fully understands what a memory is like, where uh-huh. it's like it's sort of out of focus and you don't remember the right things. Like it's you're mm. remembering you're physically remembering something, but it's from a time before you had the words and concepts to understand uh, the memory. 
So okay. things are the wrong things are in focus. You're remembering like the wrong parts of it, but it's just like this weird thing that exists in your mind, and the entire movie's like that. And I love that. This one is the only thing where it's like they've got that, but with dreams. It's the only thing that actually feels <laughs> like a dream. Where yeah. I mean, there, there's you t- they take some liberties in how linear some of it is but sure. I mean, you have to do that for tv right otherwise it would like, just be like you know fucking people being naked and then your old coach leaves you a cake and then you yeah. just stare at the cake but it's then- kind of it's kind of like that it, it is. is kind yeah. of like that because it's like yeah mikazian gives him the gun every <laughs> like the and that there's all these disparate weird scenes but there's this constant thing of like you're supposed to do that remember like the remember that you're supposed to do that and he's like yeah 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 no don't no i i've got it taken care of yeah and he doesn't do it but it's i like it because it it it, the fact that it can take so many disparate scenes and characters and throw them in like the the genius of the show like the directorial genius of the show is that it's impossible until later to like fully hate tony because you're seeing everything through his eyes it doesn't matter that you're not literally he's not literally the star of every scene but you're experiencing everything how he kind of experiences it mm-hmm. so even when you're taken to another character even when you're taken to janice and bobby there's a part of you that's like well he, you know he he just got like he just got out of the hospital and he's like mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out where Vito is and now you're bringing him this problem <laughs> even if you're aware that he's an evil character right there's a part of you that's like going that's like you feel you sort of feel that experience of like going to like some shitty like white tablecloth restaurant with Valentina right. or like uh like just sitting in a room all day in a dark room all day at a pork store. You, right. like you, that. you experience is, yeah, people with real problems as being pains in the ass mostly where exactly, you're just like, Oh, why exactly. are they ruining my fucking day again? When he says that thing about Bobby where it's like, well, it's always something with this guy. And you're kind of like, yeah, it (laughs) is. Yeah. But like, but um, this is, I fully felt as though the audience experiences the dream as him. Yeah. I mean, because we recognize we have the same feeling where it's like, oh, yeah, no, there is that like depressing cop and like. <laughs> and Annette Benning. <laughs> yeah, yeah Annette Benning, because it's like, yeah, he like saw a movie with her a week ago. And it's right. Like, oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah. yeah, then there's like these things that I don't like to think about in my conscious mind, like Gloria Trillo. Right. Like things like that. And it's like you fully get this like unsettling feeling. Of what his mind is like. I mean, that's like one of the things where I think like Vince and I are split on dream sequences in general, uh, where I'm like, I I feel like they're mostly good. I enjoy them. Uh, and I, I feel like this episode in particular, though, was the first time where I was actually like, I see where you're coming from, Vince. This this is one of this is uh, so far to date the longest dream sequence See, of the Sopranos. Yeah, I mean to me it's like and, a good dream sequence, but the whole time it's almost the whole time. Like the first few minutes, I'm into it, and then after that, I'm like, "Damn it, get back to what, get, get back to the story, get back to what's really happening, uh, like what's actually happening right now." Like I, yeah. I'm definitely like in a rush uh, for it to get be over with. Maybe that's just I, because I also have short shitty dreams for the most part, like. 
my actual yeah. dreams are like me eating a sandwich and then I fucking wake up and then I'm like, well, that was <laughs> It's not a shitty dream, Vince. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> sure. As far as, dream, as far as dreams go. Yeah, as far as dream goes. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of nice. I mean, most of my stress dreams, like I related to the stress dream in this of like uh, having something that you're supposed to do and you keep putting it off and then there's consequences because you haven't done it yet. Um, I think where I was like really feeling like all right let's uh let's wrap this up folks was uh hearing vin mckazian sing uh two full verses of three times a lady <laughs> i <laughs> love that i love that like that no that's like because like if there's one if the, i had two words to sum up this show it would be uh-huh. that's that's life you know <laughs> you think you killed a guy in the forest you're not sure that's life all these weird untied up loose ends this guy that you like never think about mm-hmm. that would be if you had a dream like that it would be like yeah there would be this weird singing part and i like that in a season arc because that season's so good because it's so tense yeah and like but it has all these like low moment like these low boil moments like mm-hmm. tony chris and uh t- um Tony uh, B. Tony B. Going to Uncle Pat's farm. And yeah. like nothing really happens, but it's this like low boil of like right. tension and bad feeling. And they're both like hiding, like running around Tony's like gut the entire right. time. Right. And it's like with this, it's like, yeah, there's a part of you that's like, well, what the fuck? Like they just like, what's Tony B going to do? Mm. What's happening with New York? But it's like, it's also like, well, that's life. Like the most important guy in this, like j- just like had some woman give him a disgusting blowjob and like <laughs> fell asleep, <laughs> and is like, yeah, no, that's that dream is great because it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like there are yeah. all these allusions in the show to Tony being like Tony thinking of himself as like a real life general, right? Like right. When, he, when Chris gets shot, he's like, we're generals, we're, we're soldiers, we take yeah, orders. Yeah. Or whenever he has a problem, he's, like, watching the History Channel. He's watching, like, some bullshit about, like, Rommel. And right. He's, like, you can see him thinking, like, that's like me. I'm yeah, like that's that. me. I, I, <laughs> but, I'm Rommel. Yeah, yeah, but, like, he is like that because it's, yeah. like, we talked about it on our show. I'm the Rommel weeks. of my father-in-law's uh, backyard barbecue surprise party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one would come in with the sauce, with singing, with the sauce. <laughs> but, like, Swinging them around. That, but that's another, that entire episode, nothing fucking happens except for at the very end mm-hmm. two things at the very end but the bulk of that episode is just like suburban bullshit but it, again yeah. it's like yeah that's life yeah. But, i love uh, suburban bullshit yeah yeah no but like so um yeah no like he is like a general because it's like well eisenhower during world war ii he fell in love with this french girl <laughs> And was like told Marshall, I'm going to run away with her. I hate my wife. And Marshall had to be like, can you like fucking get it together? Like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, yeah, no, that's it's like with Tony. It's like, what? Okay, so you're mad at your maid. You're going to sleep in New York. You're going to go to the plaza, which Mm -hmm. is so fucking stupid for so many reasons. And have this like stupid dream that's like half about your life and half about this movie you saw recently. Yeah. Yeah, like that's, dude, that's life. Yeah, we that needed, needed Patton complaining about his cook, like making him enchiladas all the time. Just like, <laughs> again with the, she's always trying to make up for her bullshit with some enchiladas. Always I with love, the fucking enchiladas. I love that when he like goes to Tony B's house and he's like, 
You wouldn't believe how annoying my maid is in my second house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he like yells at Tony B for not listening to yeah, him. He's, he's, he's too busy cleaning up after his children. And he's like, what yeah. the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. He's just mad. Get, in your, get um, your head in the game. I'm complaining about my maid over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. such a good, like, Tony's an asshole episode for that reason, like, very subtly. Yeah. Well, th- th- we'll get into this episode on a deeper level very, very soon. But first, before we start, we must, of course, play the theme song. Pod. 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 Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, today we are going to be talking about from season five, episode 11 of The Sopranos, uh, The Test Dream, uh, which premiered on May 16th, 2004. Vince, synopsis. What happens in this episode, according to IMDb? Ooh, so much. Cousin Tony heads off to avenge the death of his good friend while a dream reveals to Tony what he must do to prevent a full-scale war. Mm, all right. Um, and so what was happening when this episode premiered, Vince? That's right. Yeah, we're going all the way back to May 16th, 2004, just to give you the cultural context for this episode, without which we could not ever we hope not, to evaluate it as art how could we how could it's we possible uh you know so we're right we're like smack dab in like the armpit of the aughts uh you know some good stuff happened uh Ma- massachusetts has just certified the first uh, same-sex marriage uh, are you gonna play the uh the bumper oh the bumper yeah we got the bumper <laughs> how long have we been doing this <laughs> what what Remember when it's the lowest form of conversation. Sorry about that. I was a little bit flustered because, you know, I just pulled like an actual Gloria in my kitchen five minutes before we started recording this where yeah you broke uh you you broke all your tomatoes i broke all my tomatoes you know the one good thing about it being really fucking hot is that you can grow tomatoes really well so i got all these tomatoes nice uh, had them in a had them in a little casserole dish baking because i was gonna make some sauce later Mm -hmm. uh and uh and then you set yourself on fire i I did not set myself on fire but it was very close Uh i pulled them out and i tried to put them on the counter but then you know you got the oven mitt gets a little slippery on the edge of the casserole dish and it sure. just went all over the counter all over the <laughs> all over the kitchen floor and we got that pebble tech in the kitchen mm-hmm. which what uh, the fuck is what's that well, no i don't know what that is what's it, a pebble it looks tech? like pebbles and then somebody puts like a laminate over the top of it so uh like when you spill something like it basically just disappears like you can't fucking see it anymore which is uh, good for a lot of things uh but it's not good when you break like a piece of glass or ceramic in the kitchen it just kind of goes all in the little holes and underneath oh the shit yeah that's the sucks. counter so yeah then i gotta that's how you get calluses though that's, yeah. that's, that's right. Walking on uh, pebble glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
You got to build up those foot calluses, dude. Yeah. That'll help you out. Yeah, like well, the cavemen. That's the, the most cavemen Italian wore, thing yeah. you've ever done, by the way. Just <laughs> right before the show, I break my tomatoes. Yeah, I, it, was, like, it felt very Tony Soprano, too, because I yelled like in anger as after I did it. You're just, just looking for a maid to yell at? Yeah, there's like, no one to yeah. yell at except for me. Where's a Guatemalan when I need one? Oh, the fucking enchiladas to the moon. <laughs> Uh, so what happened? So what in happened? The world? Uh, May sixteenth, two thousand four, Massachusetts first same-sex marriage. Uh, another. This is a nice little article from the New York Times. Pretty fucking grim uh, headline: Science fairs are turning from frogs to U.S. security. Cool. <laughs> when Charles Greenberg began work on his science fair project last year, he spent hours imagining hackers and terrorists who were trying to obtain classified documents vital to national security. I was just this was like a positive story back then. This <laughs> yeah, is like, no, isn't this it was good, good that this news. kid is thinking about this? Yeah. <laughs> you can really tell that like all the most popular shit during this period was like 24 and like mm-hmm. the born identity. Everything yeah. was about like you having to shake down some terrorists who were trying to kill your family. Um, I was just looking to see how secret I could make something, said Mr. Greenberg, who created a computer program to encrypt top secret files using patterns from patterns from chaos theory. I had to think like my enemy. Thinking about enemies. Who's your enemy? (laughs) What the fuck? Like the other kids in band? Like what the fuck are you talking about? The guy who made the volcano with uh, baking soda and vinegar. That's his enemy. It's that and girls. Those are the main enemies of that age group. Thinking about enemies, particularly terrorists, is a growing theme in high school science fair projects, judges and science fair administrators say. Sure. Since September 11th and the military actions in Iraq and Afghanistan, students are veering from studying tree frogs and volcanoes in hopes of working on more immediate concerns of domestic security. <laughs> I love it. I, I love that we've we've just uh, kind of decided just to call all the kids together and be like, all right, guys, we're changing the curriculum to be 100% national security based. We're going to figure out how to fight Al Qaeda with fucking, with STEM. you know, with STEM. Right. Yeah. It's, Nothing beats terrorists faster than women in STEM. <laughs> Mr. Greenberg. It's, like, it's, it, oh, sorry, it's so funny because it's like the, the idea here is that like the U.S. government wasn't using encryption. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I invented this thing. And it's like, no, they've been using that literally since like World War before World War One. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Mr. Greenberg is a senior at Suncoast High School in Riviera Beach, Florida, and his mother, Jane Rosen, is an employee of the Department of Homeland Security who trains screeners at Palm Beach International Airport. He was one of six students to win a $20,000 college scholarship on Friday night at the Intel International Science and Engineering Fair in Portland, Oregon, from the Department of Homeland Security. I'm sure he grew up to be someone hella chill that we would all be friends with. (laughs) You know? Yeah. This guy, That's... this guy probably has so many fucking bodies by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's yeah, he's trying to he's trying to figure out how to find uh, Snowden right now. And yeah, you know. right, exactly. Um, we also got a fun one. This one's from the Post, and it's uh, yeah, Sopranos related. Mob mm. gals and guys want Finn. Will Janowitz. <laughs> 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 what <laughs> will janowitz turns heads on the sopranos uh, by his own admission will janowitz can't keep a secret 
But now he's on The Sopranos, playing aspiring dentist Finn DiTrolio, and mm. secrecy on the set is tighter than Adriana's stretch pants. <laughs> Ask him a plot question, and Janowitz says with practice solemnity, I can't answer that, followed by a loud guffaw. That's the first time I've had to say that, he says. And just pleading the fifth, dude. I like it. Yeah. yeah. And it very likely. Do you think like he? Do you think he like there was like an insane Finn storyline that he like blabbed <laughs> to someone and they're like, all right, throw that out. Yeah, they like wrote yeah. him out. There's like a storyline where he like kills Meadow by accident. Right. It's yeah, like exactly. an Oscar Pistorius thing. <laughs> That's what they were. <laughs> Shoot, That's what they had planned. That's what they yeah. had planned, and they're like, ah, fuck it, we got to do the dream sequence. Yeah. He, yeah, told, but... he told like a Baruch College senior about it, <laughs> and they were like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah, and there goes that story. Yeah, he was supposed to shoot Vito, yeah. and he accidentally shoots Meadow, and then he has to hide the body. That's you know that would have been a great storyline. I think yeah. I, I would have preferred it. Finn may have caught Vito's eye, but Janowitz didn't make much of a first impression at the show's casting office. While he was waiting, to, while he was waiting to read with casting director George Ann Walken, he overheard her, her assistants dissing him. I heard them go, "He's so not right. He's so EMS." Janowitz says. As in Eastern Mountain Sports, the outdoor clothing oh. store. Okay. Well, that was then. Now, AB- NBC wants a sit down. The LA office of his New York agency is clamoring him for him to fly out there. But Janowitz, a diehard Upper West Sider, the actor lives five blocks from his parents, James, an entertainment lawyer, and Catherine, a teacher and poet, has shied away from industry cattle calls like pilot season. He says, I could do a series, but his lineup of projects, including an indie film called Ping Pong Summer, suggests a more independent spirit. Oh, I want to watch Ping Pong Summer. That's like, (laughs) I love like, yeah, like shitty, like mid-2000s indie movies. (laughs) Just doing mumblecore where they just like stand around talking about a chair. God damn, that shit probably sucks. I like need to find that. God damn. By the way, Ping Pong Summer came out in 2014, which is a full 10 years after this article (laughs) was written. Holy shit. Why even release it at that point? Like, what? what? They had to fix a lot in post. That's that fucking rules. That's like, how does someone even remember it? Like, <laughs> You'd figure they'd lose a hard drive before they'd finish editing it yeah. in 10 years. That's that's I don't, great. I don't see him in the cast either, so I, I <laughs> might have... Cut Finn! <laughs> oh, my have. God. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, That's fucking he was great. Cut. It has Leah Thompson, uh, Judah Friedlander, uh, and uh, I think those are the only recognizable. Oh, Susan Sarandon's in it, so that's good. Is this this might be a different movie? Do you, like <laughs> true, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, because it's like there are. All right, there's this guy that me and my friends follow. I'm not going to say who he is because I'm against like intervention and all all aspects sure but he's like he's a really funny guy if you know who he is you know he like makes his own memes that he stars in and they're actually like they're pretty funny but he's like a normal guy and he watches like he just gets fucked up like he smokes like an entire blunt to himself and then drinks like a ton of like bacardi mm-hmm. and he's like all right best movie ever and it's like some shit from a red box that's like, this didn't come out in our universe. This came out in like the GTA universe. Like, it'll be like, it'll be a movie with like Olivia Munn and TJ Miller and like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like fucking uh, Jonathan Reese Myers. And it's called, it, it's called like, you know, Company Retreat. 
and it's from 2018, and you're like, what the fuck? I feel like I would have heard about this. That other ping pong movie sounds like one of those, not an indie. This sounds like a movie yeah. that like a guy who like gets movies from Redbox. Yeah. Like, was, he, this guy posted a screenshot of his phone, and there was something in the like Android alert thing that was like, like movieflix.com is harming your phone. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's where you're getting all those bullshit ass movies it's from like movieflix.com. Like sub movie shit. Like, what the fuck? It just tells you the anniversaries of movies that no one saw. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's 15th yeah. anniversary of uh, Ping Pong Summer. I think that's just like where those movies are. But I do think it's a different movie because this seems so much like those bullshit like Redbox movies, less like an indie movie. I mean, just based on the cast alone and the fa- and the fact that Finn is not in it, that does yeah, uh, exactly. that raises some red flags. I, I'd it's, say it's the a ship shame because a- in 2005, uh, Will Janowitz was starring in uh, – he starred in David and Layla in 2005, and then in 2007 he was in Maddie Fresno and the Holoflux universe, uh, playing East European lab assistant. So, oh fuck! God damn! What a fall! What a tumble! <laughs> this character didn't even have a fucking name. He was starring in Ping Pong Summer, and it like never came out. And then it's like you're back to being like an extra. I love. Like, I do love the fact that this guy is too good for pilot season, yeah. and he's just like, no, I'm just going to kind of do my own thing. Yeah, I'm just going to focus on my that, music right now. Yeah, that owns because like, yeah, no one really like the people who like got bigger from The Sopranos were already like really established like, right. character actors. Like all the main cast is like just the set, but no one really like. There's not really like many people who were like big in the Sopranos and then it's like, all right, your ticket to your ticket to the A list. Like yeah. that didn't right. really happen. Yeah. The closest is is Edie Falco. Like at least Edie Falco moved on to do another series. Yeah, yeah. You know, like uh other than that though, uh yeah, no, not really. It was just kind of you like, think, like Artie recycled. Bucco is, you know, gonna be like at least uh tertiary cast member in all the big movies coming out the next year but i mean they all get jobs they all they all get you know something yeah they, yeah yeah you know especially hbo recycles people all the time but like uh no one yeah no one really broke out and to see that finn definitely didn't uh warms my heart especially since he's a proud upper west sider might be the most annoying uh <laughs> yeah. description of somebody yeah. <laughs> like I That's, fucking hate you. Yeah, it's like if you could bet on someone's career, it's like okay, dad's an entertainment lawyer, gets like a pretty large like guest starring role in The Sopranos. Like, yeah, yeah. I would like bet money on it, and it's like yeah, that went nowhere. Yeah, that went <laughs> yeah. fucking nowhere. That's I, cool. At least there's yeah. like you know there's some meritocracy in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's someone, yeah it's when someone does well, you're like oh yeah, totally connected. But then you see a guy like this. Dad, literally an entertainment lawyer. He's from the Upper West Side. And mom then, is a poet. That's yeah, a job. If your mom's a poet, you have, yeah, you're loaded. <laughs> you are yeah. so fucking loaded. That's... I like, yeah. He like, um, and it's like, it's not like he sucked. It's no, just like. No, he was fine. Yeah, he was fine. He's exactly. my favorite. He's my favorite Meadow boyfriend. I mean, just in terms of like what what happens uh, with his character. I, I love watching them fight. Uh, yeah, and, and those then scenes are great. Engaged. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely the best actor of her boyfriends. I would say. I yeah. thought Noah was pretty good. <laughs> Noah Noah played like a fucking annoying prick. Really, yeah, well. yeah. perfectly. That was, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. But it's like, a, yeah. I 
Noah I is wish... actually that's Finn in real life. I think like that <laughs> yeah, that yeah, kind yeah. of character. Like yeah. that was that's who Finn actually is. The guy who played Noah should have been in a lot more things. Is like an asshole. He yeah. was so good at that. Like I, I it sucked. Like maybe he just didn't want to be an actor. I think he's a music yeah. producer now. Oh, okay. Well, good for. I mean, yeah. he he was really good in that role though. Like, oh, he's I would have liked to have seen him in more shit. Yeah. I mean, he's Meadow great. is like. I feel like the Meadow performance, like the children's performances are like underrated in this show. Totally. Because, oh, Bobby's kids are some of the best child actors. Oh my God. Yeah. They're, they're really perfect. Good. Yeah. And like people criticize Robert Eiler, but it's like, no, that's, oh, no. that's no. completely that guy's affect. Uh, yes. Like that's totally what he would be like. And like Meadows, like this shit where it's like, she's like oh you want me to get a job my ex-boyfriend was killed <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's like so good like that type of girl so well asking her mom who's married to a mobster have you ever had anyone close to you die yeah it's like what do you think and she had i feel like she had like arguably a more complex job which is like she's tony and like yeah. by extension kind of livia because yeah. it's like whenever like she can't do exactly what she wants it's just like everything that's bad in the world and bad in her life and mm -hmm. it's like she had the difficult job of like sort of slotting that into like kind of like a character that's like just interchangeable with like any like long island jap or something right yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and she has doing it in a way where you don't immediately like you have to on the surface, you're like, like if you're like one of the dumb people who watch this show, you're like, oh, Tony's daughter's a bitch, but she's <laughs> But like, if you go on a deeper level, you're like, no, she's Tony. Like, yeah, yeah. No, we have yeah. to watch her learn like the denialism that makes this entire lifestyle tick, which is like, you have to see. You have to see like a version of Tony and his sister and Carmela. You have to see like a version of them before they completely learn to like shut that part out of their brain. Like they, mm -hmm. you have to see like what their lives would be like before they had completely learned to be wholeheartedly in like this life where they don't yeah. care about certain things and they're in it for themselves. But like Meadow, at least we have to see her have, uh, you know, like the the brain of a normal person before she learns the kind of denial necessary to yeah. keep her moving forward. Yeah, and I like that she's essentially just smart Janice. Like she's <laughs> she's a, she's an educated Janice. She's mm -hmm. she's got all the same kind of like uh, like hyper focused on like liberal uh, talking points as a way of like you know trying to justify whatever the fuck is going on with her family. You know, yeah, murder going to Europe with her friend or whatever. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. it fucking it rules. Uh, but um, cheers to Will yeah. Janowitz. He went on to uh, star in single episodes of Inside Amy Schumer, Law and nice. Order SVU, Broad City, uh, The Heart She Holler, Deadbeat, American Experience, Netflix Presents The Characters, The Night Of, The Daily Show, Gotham, Chicago PD, and of course, FBI Most Wanted. This would That would be funny if like this is the year he like blows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he finally. finally makes it. Yeah, America's <laughs> finally ready for him. <laughs> for the kid who played Finn. Yeah. Well, now, now that he's like a thirty-seven-year-old man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the life where you get like one or two acting roles per year, where you're on set for like four days, and you know, he probably makes like just enough to, uh, you know, support a lifestyle and works like mm. three days yeah. a year. Not too bad. 
Oh, that's a great life. Like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just you never go, you have to go to the gym as like part of your job. Yeah. I mean, but he doesn't he's so thin. I, I right. mean, I don't know what but he I looks mean, like now. You know, but I feel like that's the actor's life where it's like doing that shit is like working. Yeah. Gotta maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh the top movies in America were Troy, Van Helsing, Mean Girls, Man on Fire, and Breaking All the Rules. Yeah. Uh, top pop song was Burn by Usher. Mm. This was the year that really just cemented Usher as part of uh, the zeitgeist. Um, yeah. Top rock song was uh, Cold Hard Bitch by Jet, which one of my favorite radio songs of the aughts, I got to say. Not that yeah, much no, competition, it's a good one. but yeah. Yeah. Well, beautiful. And that's uh, That was the Remember When Machine. So that's what was happening in America. You know, people were in love with Finn DeTrulio and they were <laughs> guys listening and to girls. Guys and girls all loved him and they all listened to Jet. Uh, it was a good time in America and the Iraq war is going They were great. listening to Jet and yeah. just hoping that Ping Pong Summer would come out soon. So <laughs> waiting, could... <laughs> just waiting on edge for Ping Pong Summer to finally be released. Oh my God. Um, but let's get into this episode. Like you said, Vince, uh, the synopsis is, is that your dog? Yeah, yeah, there's, I'm getting a delivery, so they're barking at the delivery guy. Oh, fair, fair, yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, uh, Cousin Tony heads off to avenge the death of his good friend while a dream reveals to Tony what he must do to prevent a full-scale scale war. Pretty good um, synopsis. I, of course, have a better one. Oh, good. Um, good. Every week on this podcast, I have some Bada B stories for you well, I, where I fully explain what this episode is about. And uh, this week is no different. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to present to you the Bada B stories. <laughs> Felix just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the right way to do that.
doo-doo bullets. Yeah, um, shout out to right. David Roth for helping Matt discover auto-tune. Uh, <laughs> shout out to... Uh, did, could you tell it was auto-tune? Because I, I was trying to do it just a little to... <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So um, you talked yeah. about blowjobs. So the beginning of this, the opening shot of this uh, episode is Tony yes. and Valentina having sex off camera. And then Tony comes into frame and like he spit like you see him spit. There's a lot of the opening shot is a lot of saliva, and uh, yeah, I, I assume that was like him going down on her because she was she. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's that's what I thought was going on, which um, you know explains why he's you know not hungry, um, but also <laughs> he he like uh, he's also putting his shirt back on. Like basically, what I got from the opening shot is that. Uh, he wants to get in and out real quick. So I imagine he came. I would be very surprised if he just went down on her and left. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Valentina set the whole Valentina setting herself on fire scene is so amazing because that's just like that's such <laughs> an amazingly bizarre thing to write into a show. Like that's so... it, like on paper that's like a Spanish telenovela uh, plotline sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, but it's like it's delivered at such a level of uh, being mundane that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like she set herself on fire while she was making egg beaters and Tabasco. <laughs> yeah. You must be hungry. You're not going to cook, are you? Just saying, don't trouble yourself. How about some egg beaters and Tabasco? <laughs> That's fine. Didn't I tell you I hate this shout between room shit? So, <laughs> you even going to look at the brochure? What is it, sneakers or something? Sandals. It's the jewel of Antigua. Three sun-filled days on white sand. I got AJ on weekends. So we'll go on Monday. Get a great rate on an ocean view. You can tell the writers are up to something here just by the way that she's basically parroting whatever brochure she's just read. Yeah. (laughs) The air is the same temperature as your body, so you don't even need to wear clothes. I gotta watch my skin in the sun. You know you're getting a divorce. And I see you less than before. I didn't say no. I just want your undivided <laughs> attention for once. Is it so much to fucking ask for a little bit of attention? <laughs> like their sound effects editing is uh, just so consistently incredible. Oh, just yeah. Her screaming while on fire for uh, the longest time. Just it's it's. I feel weird laughing about it. It's like the show is, you know, kind of turns you into a little bit of a sociopath. Like you should be, you should be shocked and well, hope that she's put out. But well, just yeah. someone in a silk like robe, <laughs> completely naked, just uh, just fully engulfed in flames. That's very funny. Well, it's like Felix was saying about the show putting you in the mindset of Tony. Like when he like his reaction to that is basically like all right knock it off you're okay like settle down like his yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, not, it's not really concerned yeah and like i love how like stupid the argument there had like <laughs> the, whoever like wrote all the arguments in this show did a great job because it's like you you're so like you get this specific feeling of like feeling sort of bad that you like don't give a shit, but also mm-hmm. like not not enough to like d- like care, yeah. you know. And it's like, oh, I feel like he does. <laughs> yeah, like that whole scene is him like getting sex and then being like, okay, 
How many more minutes do I have to put in uh, right, talking exactly. to this broad that yeah, I don't yeah. want to talk when to? When is it rude for me to leave? Because now she's going to start cooking and, you know, she's going to start trying to invite me to go to Sandals, uh, which he calls sneakers, which is just another fantastic uh, Tony Sopranoism. Uh, and then it's like she is i love her complaining you know i don't you know uh you're getting a divorce and i see you less and he's like i didn't say no <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah yeah that's such a, yeah that's such a good like like you feel bad and you're like okay i have to like wind it back a little <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i kind of do that all the time where i complain too hard about something and then i'm like well you know i'll still do it like yeah yeah it's okay it's okay yeah I mean, I didn't say no. It's just like a. It's it's also the perfect like manipulative thing to do because he's absolutely yeah. saying no in every single facet of this. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah, like yeah. he's finding every way to be like can't do it. And then she, as soon as he gets yelled at, he's like, "Whoa, don't get hysterical, lady!" Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not like I said no to it. Um, and yeah, and then she gets fully engulfed in flames. Uh, and the the next scene we have with Valentina is. Um, you know, Tony entering the burn victim unit fully covered in like plastic, uh, you know, to avoid infection uh, while while Valentina is like going full like David after dentist, uh, just looking at at, at him and being I feel like, like the Are you silk gonna? robe industry had to be upset about that whole scene. I don't yeah. think they really oh, sure. catch on fire that fast. I would hope not. I don't know. I've never been. I don't think I've ever been fully covered in silk and near fire, but it does feel it feels like it's absolutely possible. It's like being covered in very thin paper. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that it burns like that, but uh, I liked it. Yeah, no, it was fun to watch. (laughs) Um, And and Tony's uh, like (laughs) attempt at being like thoughtful uh while she's in the hospital and it's just it is uh it's it's very good i have a a clip of of that hey how you doing are you gonna operate on me oh it's it's me tony they gotta fight infection (laughs) my hair well the good news is it'll grow back and the burns are second degree so you don't need a skin graft or that hyperbolic chamber you're gonna look the same as you always did Fuck you. All right. Okay, sit tight. Rest, they got to keep you in here a couple days so it don't get no bacteria in it. Are you going to operate on me? All right, look, I'm going to take care of everything. The doctor bills, wig, whatever. I got to go. This was another scene that was sort of where my uh, attention was hijacked by the fact that Tony's hands are just like giant fucking catcher's mitts with sausages yeah, on huge yeah, meat yeah. paws <laughs> yeah i mean like i i i especially love him you know being like don't worry your hair is gonna grow back but in uh in the meantime i'm not i'm not totally heartless i will buy you a wig yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, did, know, he say, did he say wig? I thought he said wake. It, uh, no, no, no. He said he was going to, I'll buy you a wig. And oh, uh, I thought you he know, was making but, an even worse joke where he was like, I'll pay for the wake. Like if you die. No, that would, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's not a, he's not a total monster. Yeah, I mean, he no. probably would. He, first of all, he would never pay for a funeral for her. I don't think that would happen. No, no, no. Yeah. It would be like, it would be like, he like starts out like saying he's going to do it. And then it's like he loses a bunch of money on gambling and then he's like doesn't she have family <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. the, the back out at the end yeah, yeah. over promise yeah. under deliver 
Yeah, I, I barely even knew this broad. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. He was, you know, have he would have someone else like research uh, what like how to apply for like the city to yeah, actually yeah. like somehow pay for it. Well, he like, would he would do what Hesh did with the racetrack and his dad's mistress, where he's like, yeah, I wasn't yeah. gonna give give all the money to that trollop. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and this kind of like takes care of something for Tony uh, a little bit. But at the same time, he can only see it as an in- another inconvenience. Like this poor woman has second degree burns all over her body and her hair is melted off. And he is like, uh, his response is like, why me? Why does <laughs> yeah, this yeah. shit always happen to me? Um, Such a good line. Like, why does this shit always happen to me? You know, like my mistress catching herself on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Trying to cook me egg beaters. Um, uh, and then the next why me scene with Tony is, uh, and this is, I think, my favorite. I, I, I also yeah. like that, like, Tony's... Um, Tony's idea of like what constitutes like marriage material is so food based. <laughs> uh, like all of his mistresses, he knows that they're only mistresses because like they don't cook. And then right. his idea is like, oh, why didn't I just marry Charmaine? Like this, yeah. really, like obviously she's a good wife. Like she's such a good cook. Yeah. No, the scene in which Tony is like complaining to uh, Tony B about like all of the shit that's gone wrong, you know, in the last couple of days, he starts mentioning, um, you know, how he should have like been with Charmaine because number one, she's a good cook. And number two, because she's also a certified notary public. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that for him, he doesn't explain why that's important, but clearly there's like... Look, there's, she's uh, stacked. She can cook. Yeah. She can certify documents. Like yeah, what else she can do you notarize. Need? Like yeah, she's got everything you'd want out of a woman. It, 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 I really, I'm still struggling to understand why her being a notary public is important to Tony. Because uh, in, in his mind, that makes her like an accomplished woman with like interest. Right. He's, yeah, he puts that like any woman with like a job. Right. He's like that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, so, like, he's so stupid that it's like, yeah. Well, because like so he's, impressed by like, yeah, women working. Well, he's, <laughs> he's also never really had like a real job. Like he's never no. done anything as hard as taking a test to become a notary public. Right. So like to him, like she got some sort of uh, she's got a certificate of some kind, right. which makes her uh, you know, like a but success he- in the straight world. He also simultaneously hates the idea of Carmela ever becoming a working person. So yeah. he's like, it, he lives with this like thing where he's like, you know, uh, he, on the one hand, he looks at women who have jobs and is like, you know, that's the perfect lady. She can cook. She makes her own money. She notarizes. And then she looks at, he looks at Carmela and is like, you know, basically dragging his feet and doing everything he can to stop her from becoming a real estate agent. Uh, so, you know, he, uh, he contains multitudes. Well, cause guy. when it's not your wife, it's a thing, uh, to respect in a woman. But when they are, uh, when they are your wife, it like diminishes you somehow. Cause you're like a failure, right. uh, that your wife has had to go learn it, how to be I a think- notary. Yeah, I think it has to do if you're already working. The fact that, like, pre-Tony, you know, if he were to, like, date Charmaine or marry Charmaine, she's already working. And I, honestly, I think he would, any woman that he, like, married, if he married someone else besides Carm, he would force into retirement. 
Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- that would be part of what makes him the man in the relationship is making them quit their job. Uh, you know, because he's a, he's a traditionalist at the end of the day. Yeah, um, but it, it works with like a side piece because it's like, well, that's like less time I have to spend worrying about her. Right, right, exactly. But he still idolizes it as like a possible wife, though. That's why he like yeah. looks at Charmaine and uh, he's just like, you, you know, uh, it would work between me and her, just like, you know, in high school. Um, <laughs> that, that, that whole thing is great, though, because like Charmaine hates him. Yeah, yeah more than anyone on the show. There's like no possibility. Yeah. He's like, I should fuck Charmaine and marry her. <laughs> yeah. He just fucking hates him. Yeah. The one person on the show who like really sees him for who he is and what a pain, even more so than like Melfi, more so than Janice, more right. so than anyone. Yeah. That's probably why he's into her, though. Like, oh, of course. Uh, b- b- beyond the titties, it's also like the there's the Olivia component where he's just like, yeah, this woman thinks I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> I should marry her immediately and make her quit being a notary public. Um, yeah. So uh, in in one of my absolute favorite scenes uh, in The Sopranos, not just in this episode, but I think about this scene all the time. We have the 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 scene with Mirsa, <laughs> the maid throwing away the paper um like that to me i i don't know why this just fucking kills me so much but there's something about (laughs) marissa's response to finding out that she fucked up being oh no (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and uh, yeah i have a i have a clip of that as well mister you see today's paper everything in the kitchen mr tony (laughs) god fucking damn it do you know this is today's paper? Oh, no. Thus, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking. Why'd you throw it away? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I beg you some enchiladas you like. Thank you. That's nice. <laughs> I feel like it, her reaction is sort of the way uh, it is to call any sort of customer service helpline now, where yeah, like yeah. no one actually can fix any problem, but they <laughs> but they have been trained to like be like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> it, it's just like calling Chase Bank and then just and being like, oh, I have all these charges on my car. Just oh, oh no. no, like you call Comcast <laughs> and you're like, hey. Uh, my internet doesn't work. Uh, do you think you could fix that and get that working again? You're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh no, I'm so yeah. sorry that you feel this way. I know what it. I too know what it is like to want internet but not have it. <laughs> like they literally spend two minutes trying to fake commiserate with you, and you're like, no, right. like all I want right now is for you to fix the problem and let me get off the phone. But it's always like, right. Yeah, and <laughs> like I'm just trying to cancel my service. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I can love it. Oh man, but yeah. Um, also, I I love uh, you know Tony's maid calling him Mister Tony. There's just these little touches of like suburban dad life uh, that are just they fucking kill me. Um, and then of course he gets the enchiladas and immediately gives them away to Tony B, who uh, is very distracted. Uh, like he's clearly dealing with the fact that like Angelo has been killed. Um, and also with hating his kids, like no character on this show hates his own children more than Tony B. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
because it's clear like he really like he he never really he didn't grow up with them they like smuggled his sperm out right isn't that yeah. the story <laughs> yeah that's right they smuggled his sperm out of prison to make these two uh you know twin monsters um and they're really they're just kids they're totally fine right. but like well, he, he has had no this daughter connection. who was a straight a student until she like ran away to become a juggalo or whatever and, right uh, yeah, yeah yeah exactly she's just gone somewhere yeah, so you know he's left with these these two kids. I do um, like the shitty twins trope in fiction, like between this mm-hmm. and uh, like Rushmore. There's like Bill Murray's kids in Rushmore, where they just. I, I like the idea of just two kids two, uh, that are <laughs> two genetically terrible children. <laughs> yeah, trying to ruin yeah. your life, like double teaming you. <laughs> yeah. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, but yeah, so Tony B is freaking out, uh, because he's, he's dealing with, uh, what happened with Angelo in a previous scene. So in terms of the Tony B storyline, uh, we see him like meeting up with Angelo, uh, Angelo like partially pays him for killing, uh, Joey peeps. Um, and then, you know, gives him a novelty plaque <laughs> that says, because I'm the boss, that's why, which is, I mean, just the, the touch of like, Hey, listen, sorry. Uh, the way they're doing it in New York right now is they're not paying their hitman, you know, full price, but, uh, there's a, you know, there's a Spencer's gifts. 
right next to where <laughs> right. we hang out. And we don't we, have the we, money we, to pay you, but just to just know you are valued for your work. Yeah, I no, the, I, <laughs> yeah, I love all the Angelo scenes in this season. I like it when um, they're trying to, like, after Lorraine Caluso gets threatened. Yeah. When, uh, like, Angelo's talking about his grandkid, mm-hmm. and Tony's like, all right, okay, I, like, have to be somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tony's such a prick. Yeah. Like, this guy's been in prison for, like, 35 years. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, can you, like, get to the point? Yeah. And I think that we're introduced. The first time we see Angelo is uh, he's at the golf course with uh, Carmine. And Carmine has a stroke. And then he's just like, get that egg salad out of his mouth. And <laughs> I just like, it's just a great uh, introduction into this uh, character. And, uh, Unfortunately, this is his last episode. We mm-hmm. see him in his very last scene. Um, he's leaving a Costco and he's buying a John Deere Power Wheels, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is just a, a beautiful uh, detail. It's like I, I had to like look it up. I'm like, what is this fucking thing yeah. that well, he's has getting? This a weird name, Peg Perigo or whatever. Yeah, and I looked it up. Familiar, and it's just it's a child size John Deere, you know, like like power Power Wheels. And uh, which is incredibly cute, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, it's just like it's just he's just trying to, you know, buy a gift for his grandkids. Well, uh, that's like the, 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 his first scene, like when he's like, oh, I love playing with my grandson. You're like, this character's dying. Like, this <laughs> season. like he is not making it to like episode eight. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this he's he's just too too nice of a guy. You just kind yeah, of any, uh, anyone who comes into the show or comes into the story, either talking about how much they enjoy their kids or uh, making like a positive life change. Like right. you know, they're not long. For, like like Tony B when he first came into the show was like, oh, I'm studying yeah. for this test to yeah, become I'm be a, a masseuse. Everything's gonna work out great for me. Yeah, exactly. I'm going straight and narrow. You know, yeah. You just go, oh, all right. So how long before they're doomed? Um, yeah. So Angelo dies. Uh, he gets uh, killed, and uh, Tony B is freaking out. And Tony they go, decides they go to go after him with a Garrett, and uh, and they they did a terrible job. Uh, strangling them and so they have they to- always do I, I feel like that's like the one thing that like unites all of these like mafia like uh murder shows and movies is that uh it seems to be the hardest way to kill somebody i imagine it's the cleanest to just you know uh, fucking choke them out but i i don't understand why it's like it's why is it the go-to thing i get the ice pick ice pick makes the most sense you know right right tony, into the brain tony did the best job with uh, garroting someone in the show. Yeah. You mean... Uh, that was the college he, episode. Who did he kill that yeah. episode? I'm trying to he remember. He killed... I forgot that character's name, but he's like the rat. It was like a rat, rat in hiding. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah. Like, he like I mean, murders some guy also, in witness like, protection. I mean, you think the benefit of strangulation is not there's no blood but then when you add like the little cord to choke them with like that's gonna cut them and they're gonna bleed everywhere yeah there's dna and not only that but your hands obviously get fucked like like you have to wear gloves it just seems like uh i don't know this is like like an inefficient way to murder yeah it's like someone saw it in a movie once and no one like has ever learned how to do it uh right but right it's still- I also love I love the idea of like season five or six Tony trying to garret someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just completely fucking out of breath. Yeah. Just can't get his fingers in the little in the little yeah. uh, in the little <laughs> yeah. rope. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, yeah. I mean, you know, he he fucking cuts up his hands when he does it in season one. I can only imagine what's gonna fucking happen. Uh, you know, if he tried it again. But uh, anyways, Angelo is fucking dead, and uh, then Tony is so mad um, about his newspaper. Um, you know, being thrown away that he decides to go to the plaza for no reason. Um, yeah, no, he, he, I love that because it's like, I'm, I'm mad. What's the way I can spend $3,000? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it just, What's, when he's like yeah. looking, he's trying to have this like eat, pray, love ass weekend at uh, mm-hmm. the Plaza Hotel. And I, I was just thinking of In the Heights when he's like looking out at the park being like, ah, <laughs> Don't bother me. I'm listening to my block kind of. Yeah, shit. yeah. Let yeah. me just listen to the sounds of my block real quick. Yeah, uh, and just I'm go to my to favorite it. bodega and then go to the Plaza Hotel. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's, it's so yeah. It's yeah. so stupid that he wants to do that, and it's like it. It's great. It reminds me of like a Cometown thing about how like mobsters are like there's something very feminine and like elderly about them where it's like yeah. I want everyone to see my jewelry and I want to be wearing something soft <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. because it's and it's like the only thing that makes them masculine is that they like fuck a lot of women and kill people right. but it's like if you take that away it's just silly yeah you're driving yeah, around like, like a giant couch uh, and then you're like draped in velvet all the time and, uh, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, little pinky rings but right. like yeah with Tony it's like you see the full extent of that because he's like like it's like after Chris dies, he's like, "I need a getaway, <laughs> just me alone." <laughs> and like with, with this, it's like he's stressed out, so he goes to the like. Why would he even think to do that? It's so funny. Like it, yeah. it, it's like it's such a sort of like it's like something that your like rich aunt would do, right? right? Yeah, and he's he's like he's the perfect mark for the plaza because. He's just like watching the fucking uh, hotel channel and, you know, seeing a hooker on the. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to call a hooker from the TV. Uh, and then he Which- like he goes there thinking it's going to be like this relaxing weekend. And then the very first thing that happens is he's like fighting with the fighting with the valet. And then he has to like sort of fight with the front desk. It's all a headache. He thinks it's going right. to be like this nice. Uh, and then, like, he weekend. randomly sees Dr. Melfi, who has, like, one of the fucking weirdest throwaway lines. It's just like, it, where he's, oh, Jill, that's so funny. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, oh, boy, you know. And then, of course, he's going under a fake name. Um, but, yeah, he gets to the, to the, to the hotel and uh, he turns on the TV and he sees um, a commercial for an escort service, which, like, is that – I don't think I've ever seen – I've seen commercials for, like, like porn, like uh, call lines. You just haven't you know? stayed at nice enough hotels. I think I haven't. Is that a, is that a thing? Are there <laughs> – in New York – I don't know. Like, I feel like if it was a thing, it, it like, maybe it would have been, like, 30 years ago or right. more where it's just, like – I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't want to categorically say no, because, like, how would I know? Right. It doesn't seem like there would be, like, and I feel like they didn't need to do that. I feel right. like it, it's, like, if anyone, like, knows how to get a hooker in it's to Tony to the plaza, yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah no. But I think yeah, that's what's like, sort of sad and funny about it. Like, this guy who literally runs, uh, like, a strip club as a front business uh, he how does he find a hooker? Oh, he just sees it on like the television channel at the hotel. Right. Yeah. He flips the TV and he goes like, "Call this number for you know all these like you know for Asian beauties time. or whatever." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so 
I don't know. I I was I was blown away that there would be like uh, TV commercials for for hookers, and I was like, maybe that's a thing in New York. I I don't I don't know, but uh, but the big it, apple, orders- the Plaza Hotel, <laughs> they got the hookers on the TV. Yeah, ex- exactly. You got uh, people. You got a bunch of mix riding horse carriages around town. Uh, yeah, is is he's like living the most like trashy kind of uh, I don't know like. Uh, touristy version of well, new york what, yeah, which is ex- yeah that's exactly. exactly what i feel like a new jersey dad would do yeah like his it, version with- of new york is like oh you know my city this is gonna be great and then he goes and does like all the things that the cheesiest tourist would do right yeah. he just he, he goes he eats a sabaro pizza <laughs> and he fucking you know he buys tickets to cats like it just everything he's doing feels so touristy uh which is I think it's why I enjoy Tony Soprano as a character because he's he's a, yeah he's a great char- character because he is like a cut smarter than everyone around him but he's still like a tacky person right <laughs> yeah like his taste like still sucks for the yeah. most part and like he does have like they always hinted him having this deeper knowledge than other people do and he does he does like that's sort of his gift and his curse like when he do you remember the HUD scam episodes yeah, yeah. storyline. Where it's like he connects with the Reverend because his like deep knowledge of like soul records and shit, right? And R and B, and then and doo wop and shit, and then it's like yeah, he knows things on a deeper level than like yeah. Polly or even like Sylvia would, but he also like he's still a product of this world and he's still like a tacky boomer, right? Of. Right, and that's so the funny thing because yeah. it's like the whole. I mean, and I think. The Sopranos exists as like uh, as not maybe not like a riff on, but sort of uh, like an extra chapter of Goodfellas. And like the whole thing with Goodfellas was, you know, we're these we're these criminals that uh, we do all this shit, but it's only so we can live this high life that the regular schmuck could only right. dream of. You know, we go through the back at the Copa and right, we yeah, know yeah. all the cool shit. And then. The Sopranos is kind of like puncturing that idea a little bit where it's all these people that are still doing all the shit where they're they're like lying and and being predatory and killing each other uh, so mm-hmm. they can maintain this lifestyle. But like this lifestyle is is just like uh, what a uncreative um, any uncreative upper middle class schmuck would live like his dreams are right. not very big. Like he's he's doing all this just to live, you know, in a fucking sandals brochure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's you're watching kind of like uh, the the power of the mafia at this point is like nowhere near what it was like in in Goodfellas or whatnot. So now, you know, Angelo still has to fucking go to Costco to get deals. You know, yeah, not everything yeah. can be bought off the back of a truck, right? Like real rich so, people are doing cooler shit than right. he is. And whenever he <laughs> exactly. comes, whenever he comes into contact with people like Noah's parents and Finn who are, you know, right. like winter, there's wintering like in the Alps wealth. and shit. And he's like, yeah. you can't even imagine that. Like to him, the right. Alps is like staying a night at the plaza. Right, right. exactly. And, and he's like, I mean, that's the great thing is the isolation of the show. He's not like that economically isolated from like the Cusamanos or people like that. Like he makes a similar amount, if not more, mm-hmm. but, and he was like, he is kind of like generational, like PMC. Like uh-huh. his dad was like upper middle management in the mafia, right. but because it's so isolative, 
he doesn't ever yeah no his idea of like a big night we saw it when they go out with like brian and furio yeah. it's like we're gonna do this sh- same shit we always do except there's gonna be a helicopter right it's like, his, like yeah he's not limited by money like like in their minds they're probably thinking they can you know live the true high life just by making extra money but like really they're just limited by their own imagination of what the high yeah. life even is right. <laughs> yeah no i think i love the things in the show of like what does Tony do when he splurges and shit like that? Like when when they buy the beach, when they try to buy the beach house, yeah, is right. so good because it's like it, it's like first of all he's like this will be like the Kennedy compound and it's right. like it's yeah. a nice house but like no it's not yeah, yeah not like, even why close. do you think that yeah like, there's neighbors yeah. and shit like yeah yeah, yeah it, it, there's there's something about him kind of like thinking that the top of the food chain economically is being able to go spend a night at the plaza hotel and then watch a commercial and just be like i can buy anything off the tv I mean, like yeah. like it's just like him the- seeing ads and buying them because he can that's it he thinks is that's the the top level it's like the mafia dream of las vegas where they're like look yeah. we can do anything we want we can go build our own like personal paradise somewhere and then what's yeah. that paradise it's like oh it's like a big tacky building with like fucking paris painted on the walls yeah 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 <laughs> no yeah i love that sh- i love that shit like the cultural isolation of it because it's yeah it's visible in real life too and there were like individual mobsters who were like kind of like Tony had like a special insight on what high culture or not, not even, or like had a special insight on the world and culture in general, like Carlo Gambino mm-hmm. or like um, Frank Costello. But for the most part, it's like, okay, you have the equivalent of like, you made the equivalent of like a hundred million dollars in like 1947. What do you buy? And it's like, Give me, get me the heaviest Cadillac, please. <laughs> yeah, the lar- I will take your largest tail fins. Yeah, I love, I love the scenes like that. I love scenes where it's like, yeah, Tony has to dabble with like the regular upper middle class or upper class, mm-hmm. and it's just like, for how smart he is, it's just like they might as well be like, a, like a different species, right? Right. Well, there's mm-hmm. that scene in the, you know, when they throw the surprise party for Carmela's dad and the, and her, they're, they're like. Their fancy friends are clowning on the gun that Tony has bought for uh for Hugh. Yeah, for yeah. Hugh. He's like, Oh yeah, they Beretta doesn't even export the real good shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. you can't get the good guns anywhere. You have to go there to get the real guns. <laughs> and Tony's like, No, look, I got bullets. the sausage that he loves and everything. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that scene that scene's great because it's also like Ross is like as petty and small minded as Tony. Yeah. Yeah. He just has like a different cultural cash than Tony right. does. Yeah. Um so I, get- I also like the Easter egg that implies that he's Paulie's father. Which Wait. Russ, Who? yeah. Russ. The, the the ambassador, yeah. They that, they imply that that is. Oh, I missed that completely. Yeah. Okay. When Tony's mom is dying, or when Polly's mom is dying, she's like, "There was this soldier. He was so nice. His name was Russ." Oh. And they talk they, and during the barbecue. They talk about Russ being a veteran. Yeah. And then later, Polly goes, "I don't even know who I am anymore. My dad's this Russ bastard." <laughs> wow. And it's like they say it so many times. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. But at the same time, boomers, there was like seven names back then. So there was, you know. It's true, but I don't feel like they would have done that by, I feel like that's like a funny little joke they have. Yeah. I like his, it. Yeah. His son would be like 
the trashiest, the, mo- the worst Italian. Yeah, ever. yeah. <laughs> like he's literally the most mortifying version of everything he hates. Yeah, about- murderous, greedy, <laughs> yeah. tacky. Yeah, tacky and stupid. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, annoying. Fuck. Like just, the most annoying man in the mafia. Right. Yeah, the guy like, who goes is- to Italy and like demands they make him Sunday gravy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just saying, "Signore" to random strangers. <laughs> hey, come in the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just the worst thing that he hates. It's just I, like yeah. he's his entire. All he does is create little Olive Garden dudes. <laughs> like I, yeah. I love the idea that he's just like made the worst version. I love. Yeah. No. I love. Speaking of another thing uh, about isolation, I like that. I, this is another thing. I was thinking about this last night, actually. The Tony, th- how Tony's like, oh, I'm telling people in Italy to kill Furio. And it's like, you have no fucking you, pull over there. Yeah, you have yeah. no power. Zero. Like, they're, yeah. they're, they're, that's the real mafia. Yeah, right. That's like, <laughs> exactly. They make billions of dollars. Like, they're so, they dwarf your shit. Like, yeah. you can't get Furio killed over there. Like, <laughs> right. what are you talking about? Yeah, it's just like, like I'm just, just you, saying, if anyone sees him, he's a dead man. It's and it's like, like you, yeah, who you do you know? You, you know, three guys over there. You called someone on the phone. It's like literally it was like customer service. Like you called the headquarters of the company. And they're like, yeah, we'll definitely do that. We'll definitely kill our maid, like our best soldier. I love like, the idea. You. He calls them up. He's like, this guy, he, he tried to fuck my wife. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that, that shit's so funny because it's like they're really like in it, like the scenes in Naples, like they're actually like menacing and have this like real street presence and they're yeah. like a real organized thing. Not just and beating Tony's the like, shit yeah, out of children. Of, to, yeah. Tony's like, I can get one of those guys killed because I complain. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And then when he sees like how much, uh, control they have over like the entire neighborhood there, he's like actually scared by it. Right. Yeah. No, he's like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. That's too yeah, scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is far too scary for me. This is too scary. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's all, yeah, no. But, like, all the things they do with, like, his specific isolation is amazing. That's why it's such a, he's such a good character because he's both sculpted, but then he's sort of a relief. You get an impression of who he is by what of the world they chisel away around him. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. And, and, you know, in terms of just, like, him alone in isolation, like, uh, this episode has some really, like, choice stuff. It's not just him, you know, sitting and watching TV. He's also, like, eating room service, waiting for his hooker to come. At one point, he gets out, he goes outside, like, to put his, like, you know, tray away, and he sees someone else's New York Times, and he steals it. Like, just just doing, like, the the, the petty shit that he does and trying to trying to relax um i mean meanwhile yeah like that's like the whole idea of hotels and luxury in general it's like no matter how nice it is you're still just mm -hmm. like in a like fancy room by yourself like it's not yeah it's not going to change your life or make you that happy in any way no matter what. no it just it just costs a lot and feels (laughs) fancy and the view's better that's basically it um so he gets the call, finds out that Angelo is dead, and that's when he just starts stressing like crazy. He calls everyone to be like, ah, oh, have you seen, you know, Tony B? Have you seen my cousin? And no one has seen him. Uh, and then we have the hooker who comes over. Um, and then we start the dream sequence, mm-hmm. which I, we will talk about in a second. I got to piss real bad. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to grab some water then. Oh. Podcast. So we get into the dream sequence. Um, 
And the opening line to the dream sequence really, really gets me going every time. It's just, uh, you want me to suck your dick, baby? <laughs> and uh, him uh, waking up next to dead Carmine Lupertazzi. Um, I kind of wish there was more Carmine in the show because I really like Tony Lip as an actor on the show. Yeah. He does such an amazing job. Yeah, he's he's so good, and like that—that's the thing. Every every scene that we had, it's like you feel lucky to have as much Carmine as we did because he's just so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, they they had to they had to kill his ass off. Um, and, and so like going into the dream sequence, I feel like it's like, uh, you know, we could we could analyze the whole thing. I almost feel like it's what uh, they want me to do. So I almost mm-hmm. like I'm like. <laughs> It, it sets me against the idea of of actually analyzing it and just kind of like going into. You guys can tell me what you think shit well, means. Do you think that they were trying to do? Um, you know how there was uh, like the rumor that Paul McCartney was dead because he was all in white and like barefoot on the Abbey yeah. Road cover. Like were they right. trying to well, do that with a, Annette yeah. Benning, where they have her show up like all in white and uh, and and she's in she's in sort of this dream sequence with a bunch of dead people what are you saying you you want they wanted us to think annette benning is dead in the sopranos universe (laughs) yeah something like that (laughs) i mean i mean if they did why i don't understand it i mean you know they're just like just in this universe annette benning is no longer alive um yeah i mean i don't understand like i i think felix you said something that is correct about this which was like he just saw an annette benning movie like a week ago he probably watched like the siege right he's he's like he had some like stupid thought that was like (laughs) oh it would be so what if i was married to her she has has she's rich people respect her yeah still looks good and Mm -hmm. it's like I love that, like, even in his dream, he's like, you're Annette Benning." Yeah. And she's like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, he makes a like, fool out of himself yeah. in front of Annette Benning in his dream, which uh, that is very relatable. There's a lot of, like, relatable aspects to this dream that I like a lot. Like, uh, I like anything that The Sopranos does with, like, teeth falling out. Like, that yeah. is, that, that's like a regular dream that I have. I, it's yeah. like, teeth falling out. Yeah. I like that because... Teeth falling out is an established like anxiety dream thing. Like, right, it's one of those weird universal things that we all experience. But like the way they did it with a dream, where there's like a weird physical logic to dreams, where it's like when he goes to load his gun, mm-hmm. and it, instead of shot, like instead of bullets, he has teeth. Yeah, because it's like yeah, in a dream when you have like some like gross body horror, like f- unwanted physical object, you like try to get rid of it and you can't. Right, it's yeah. like in your pocket, and you freak out. And you always like, have. Those, I thought that was so good. Or the fight, like any fight dream where you like are in a fight and you're like helpless, like your arms are noodles and nothing. Yeah, you, like, yeah, yeah. Nothing you do works, kind of thing. Yeah. And then also like the the just general like this is called the test dream because uh, it's supposed to be like that dream that you have, you know, going back to high school and not being prepared for a test. Uh, I I have that weird with like. Like that kind of dream with plays it's very weird because I, I haven't done a play since i was in elementary school but it, i'll have the dream where like oh fuck the play is happening tonight and i don't remember any of these lines and it's kind of like a there's a, a similar like anxiety going on here except he has to he has to murder someone uh and for some reason it's his coach or tony b <laughs> um so 
you know, you got Carmine talking about, oh, you know, uh, they get a phone call and he's like, if if it's the man upstairs, tell him I'm not here, which, uh, okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And then we, we get to like Tony in therapy and his therapist is now just Gloria Trillo with who who sometimes has the voice of Melfi and uh, I, I have a, a clip of that would you see me anyways the object is to learn what you saw in me not what I saw in you one of these days Alice one of these days pow right in the kisser to the moon Alice <laughs> I remember when you hit me it was like pow to the moon don't get me steamed, Alice. And then you choked the shit out of me. Yeah, but that's, that's after you were trying to put a fork in my eye. Oh, that was your mother. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes what happens here is like taking a shit. I prefer to think of it as more like childbirth. You tell me. I don't have any children. I died too young. So there's something about that that scene where I'm like, on the one hand, you know, I I appreciate like Tony's subconscious has like guilt for for kind of being responsible for what happened to Gloria. Um, on the other hand, I'm like, uh, this this sequence feels poorly acted and <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all. Just kind of like the uh, you know. Uh, I, di- I died too young and uh and also the like i don't know it felt ah, uh, like I, watching I, a play i feel like i feel like no i felt like that's purposeful like yeah. in a in a dream when there's laughter it feels like it's out of control momentum sure and then when it stops it's very halted yeah, yeah. like those lines are like okay those actors are capable of like not delivering halted lines and the writers are clearly capable of writing like sort of naturally flowing but rhythmic dialogue sure why didn't they choose to do that here they did it because it's like they're sort of replicating like the blocky feeling of talking in a dream of communicating right yeah the way it doesn't feel naturalistic i also think it's like one of the rare times that you feel sorry for that for someone who's gotten killed in the, in the Sopranos. Like you yeah. don't get a lot of those moments. Like people die, and a lot of times it's kind of like a punchline, or it's funny, or it's just, and it becomes like a thing that they just joke about in the rest mm-hmm. of the yeah, show. Yeah. And then, like in that moment in the dream, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I do feel sort of bad for Gloria. Yeah. Because yeah. you're 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 experiencing the dream through like Tony's mind, and I think Tony does have a thing when it comes to little kids and not being able to have kids or any of that stuff where he seems to actually display some like human emotions. Um, yeah, that 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 after he kills Matthew Bevilacqua, and right. then he's in the mall and the kids lost. And right. he's so like fucking weird about it that the mom's like, get away from me. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, because it's like the same thing with animals where it's like, well, you have like, that has to go somewhere kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but it's, it's one of his feelings that's like totally ungoverned or uncompartmentalized. So he just comes off like a fucking psycho. Like, right. <laughs> when they're like after. Like, I think it's after the episode University when, like, Meadow is, like, getting some shit in the kitchen. And he's like, you know, I fucking love you and I would do anything for you. And she's like, what are you? What? (laughs) It's so he can't, like, he can't, like, have any, like, graduated Mm -hmm. uh, release of emotion. Right. So it just, like, all comes out. 
Yeah. Like when he sees the painting of Hayao Mai and like everyone sees him cry. (laughs) It's so fucking embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, he clearly, yeah, he has to compartmentalize in order to like actually, I think like you said, like he needs to place those feelings somewhere. And so he kind of just, uh, he places them into animals and like little babies. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's, that's how he allows himself to feel, which I kind of get. I mean, sometimes I'll watch like, uh, you know, uh, I'll watch things specifically to cry. Uh, like so, I'm like, ah, oh, man, this feels like a movie that's gonna make me cry, and I think I need a good cry. So I'll, I'll like, you know, put something on that does that for me. I, I think with him, it being tied up into, um, into animals and babies is like that's his version of like, uh, I need to feel human and do what humans do. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm just gonna program my brain to only care when animals are hurting. Like, yeah. like in the scene where he, uh, in the, the fucking uh, intervention scene, where he's more mm. mad that Chrissy killed Cosette, <laughs> the dog, yeah. than he is about like any of the other shit that happened. Yeah. Like he, he, he just needs to care about animals or needs to be seen to care about animals. I can't really tell. You know, it could be either one. I think part of it's like in his mind, he's like a protector. So when right. like he kills other mob guys, he's doing that to protect like babies and dogs and stuff. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So then we get uh, after the glorious scene, we get Tony. He's in, dad's, in his dad's car. He's got pussy in there. He's got Mikey Palmisi in there, which was uh, which is nice to see him back. Um, mm-hmm. And then Ralphie and then Artie shows up. Um then he's back in the uh, Carm's house, and they're in their house, and uh, you know they're they are on their way to visit Finn's parents. A movie's playing on TV. Uh, I think there's a Christmas Carol is definitely one of them. Um, and then in that scene where he, you know, in that moment where she's like, "What are you talking about? This is your life." And then they look on TV and they see themselves getting um, dressed in the mirror. Uh, was that an eyes wide shut homage? Like what was going on with that? That that's, that's what I saw it as. Um, I don't really, I, I mean, I think they were doing an art there. They were definitely doing an art. This whole thing is, is them doing an art and fine. That's, that's okay. And then we got Tony pulling a tooth out. Uh, and then we are at Vesuvio and we're greeted by a busty Charmaine. Um, <laughs> And then we meet Finn's parents, Vin McKazian, uh, the dead detective, and Annette Benning as herself. And Vin sings Three Times the Lady. <laughs> and the ending to that fucking song uh, is fantastic. Where he's like, oh, after I sing, I need a good tinkle. <laughs> and uh, I, I was just, uh, I, I really love that. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. It just means nothing. It's just like like a weird thing that someone would say that you like accept in a dream. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. I also uh, like the exaggerated sound effects in the dream. I feel like sound there's a thing in dreams where like sounds become menacing in weird ways like the uh like the guy with the pepper shaker like it's really over uh like yeah. they make it overly loud in weird weird random ways. Yeah, yeah. All the sounds, the 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 like sound editing they do for the dream sequences is kind of my favorite part of the dream sequences because that that is very uh, I don't know similar to dreams uh, that I that I have. Um, Tony then goes to pee next to Vin. 
Um, and you know, Vin is like, uh, you haven't done it yet. And he says, I, I did my homework and he pulls out the Valachi papers, um, <laughs> which is a, a book about, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's a, a snitch who talked all about, uh, inside life in the mob. Uh, there, there are two like favorite parts of this dream, dream sequence for me. The first one is Tony B shooting Phil Leotardo, um, for, for a multitude of reasons, but one of them is because there are two, uh, I guess like, I don't uh, extras or you would call them like, you know, non-essential characters who exist in the dream who deliver some of my favorite lines, uh, in it. And I have a, I have a clip of that. No, no. I knew this was going to happen. Why didn't you stop him? You have any idea what you just did? Why don't you tell them what happened 20 years ago? I can't go into that right now. Yo, wasn't that Tony there, the guy you were supposed to cap to prevent this from happening? I don't know. I guess not. I don't have a piece. Annette Benning, there's something bugsy about him. Yo, wasn't that Tony right there? I mean, that guy is yeah. one of my favorite guys in a dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it's Tony's brain being like, what if a black guy accused me of not doing my job right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, that's why that scene is great because, yeah, that's like dream logic. It's like if I don't do this, everyone's going to be mad at me. Right. Everyone from like a black guy to Annette Benning, <laughs> And like yeah, Annette Benning will like compare me to like a character in a movie she was in. Yeah, just it's the whole spectrum of guys uh, yeah. who might be mad at him in his life. <laughs> yeah. Annette Benning and the random black guy who opens every line with, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also he uses a, like, isn't that the guy you were supposed to cap? There's this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stilted. It's like, yeah, very good. Yeah. And that's what I think. Yeah. Like, I think like the dream dialogue is like stilted on purpose. Yeah, yeah. no, it is intentional. I, yeah. It's definitely intentional. Uh, it's just so it's, it's, it's funny to know that you're inside of Tony's mind and these are the characters he's creating. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for getting deep into it, he then gets chased um, by the mob. Which is, you know, you see there's a double meaning there, right? Like uh, the mafia and the, a mob of people. Anyways, they do an art. Um, and uh, he then runs off. Oh, he fucks Charmaine, which is a lot of fun. Because Artie like tucks him. Artie's like, here, come on. Yeah, yeah. And then he, cause he's like, "Come fuck Charmaine." Yeah, yeah, he just, he just is like, "Yeah, get into this car," and then leads him to Charmaine to fuck. And then like, uh, he's like, "Oh, she likes it when you when you pet her muzzle." Charmaine <laughs> then turns in, into a horse, um, and then we just like for funs, you know, just for fun, it's like Sopranos loves to add in some like dad puns. Yeah, um, horse whores. Yeah, and then it's like you can't have your horse in here, and it's like ah, that's fun. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, like to me, the whole like the the horse stuff is also like they spent a lot of time doing this like callback to that song, "My Rifle, My Pony, and Me." Like this, like like Tony sees himself as like just a fucking you know a guy on the range in the in the west with his with his horse and his gun you know it's uh it's just that's who he sees himself as i guess and then also like a general um and then finally the very last part of the sequence and this is 
this is my absolute favorite is um coach Molinaro who uh who knows he's there to whack him and uh Tony's so can you you were saying that his bullets turn into teeth is that what yeah, is yeah 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 like he tries to load a a mag into his pistol and there's yeah. ju- just teeth in his hand yeah and, and they, they all fall out um yeah. And he's trying to like put them in, and but they're all like they're dissolving into something. Yeah. What I I I looked at that. And I was like, I, I, I just, saw like blood. You I saw thought. blood. Like, I saw just generic like body horror blood and shit. I saw doo doo. I thought it was doo doo. <laughs> I don't know why. It just felt like that to I me. I saw or bugs like, for some reason. May, like, maybe we all have we have three different color saturation settings on our <laughs> yeah, TVs. Could that be. could be. Or maybe this is like a fucking Rorschach test, and we fucking all just—that was—that was what we saw, man. That's our <laughs> interpretation. Um, but I—I I just love the guy playing Colch Molinaro. He's so fucking funny. Um, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's so good. Uh, I, I have a, a clip. What's that you got there? A bigger dingus than the one God gave you? <laughs> Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm not some kid anymore. What did I tell you? Cleave yourself away from them bums you hang with, I said. Well, I'm in therapy now. That's a damn shame. You all listen to that pissmeyer, Arthur Buco. He was the worst of the bunch. I told you that. How do you owns a restaurant? He's doing great. Buco? Yeah. So what? The exception that proves the rule. Oh, you know everything, don't you? I suppose you blame it on your father when you're crying to that shrink of yours. No, I'm on my mother. Of course, even better. You know, I'll bet you got that uh, psychologist wrapped around your finger. Well, that's what you always told me I was good at, right? I also told you, most likely, you'd take the easy way out. It hasn't been easy. I told you many times, Anthony, you were special. You had smarts, personality, leadership potential, all the perquisites to lead young men onto the field of sport. And now look at the stress you live with. You're not prepared! <coughs> You'll never <coughs> shut me up! I like uh, I like the characterization of the coach where uh, he just like randomly overpronounces or like uses a bigger word than you'd expect at random times. I feel like that's a very coach thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Cleave and, yourself uh, away from these piss myers. Piss myers is that's a first for me. I had not heard what a piss myer is. Yeah. Uh, I I do love that he thinks Artie Buco was the worst of them. Like that that shit makes me excited for many saints of. New I can't York. wait. I can't uh, wait. I I think it's. I'm. I mean. I'm. I'm trying to like temper my expectation, but I kind of feel like no matter what they do with it, I'm just gonna be stoked that it exists. Dude, uh, I just like lore. Yeah, just yeah. like even in the worst possible uni- universe where it's like bad, it's yeah. like well, I'll be like, well, I have more lore now, so I really <laughs> yeah. don't care. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I love why do you? I started playing Dark Souls during quarantine because it was like more lore, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I awesome. Mean, yeah, I I'm, I like that they're kind of I don't know. I get the feeling that they're gonna try to like. Marvel fucking MCU this thing a little bit and just be like you know the, the same way they do with Star Wars like uh what was it Rogue One a Star Wars story like they're gonna I do would a love su- that 
Yeah, I'd be so down. I'd finally. I would, be I would a- write one of those series for like nothing. <laughs> if you're listening now, I believe we should break the WGA. We need Pinkertons. Shows aren't good anymore. Let's break that union. Exactly. I will write this non-union rate. I don't care how much you pay me. Yeah. I don't give a shit. I will write a show about like Richie April in the '60s. Yeah. I don't care. I'm I'm, I'm just excited to to finally write um Pravati in India, which is my Emily in Paris. It's just <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I just want to see fucking what it was like for Janice, you know, being a hippie on the run. I mean, I, I'm excited for a bunch of uh, Sopranos extended universe shit. Um, and I yeah. hope Coach Molinaro makes an appearance. I like yeah, I like curb your enthusiasm type show about like beansy in florida <laughs> yeah yeah there's so much you could do like there's the possibilities are endless yeah it really i mean i and just going deep with it like elliot kupferberg's daughter yeah like, yeah yeah i want to see her at a non-profit uh, as an office comedy like that's yeah. just fucking make it you know melfi yeah melfi's son as like a sort of like elder millennial, like shitty journalist. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that would like be one of those Daily Beast guys who's like been working there for 10 years and all his articles are like, here's what's happened on Bill Maher last night. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Like the most obnoxious bar, uh, graduate of Bard. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah. So Coach Molinaro is, ends the dream. Tony wakes up. After that, he learns that, uh, you know, he was stressing out for a reason. Tony B actually shot Billy Leotardo, Phil's um, brother, and just kind of winged Phil. Um, and then Chrissy tells him and then asks him if he's finished with his Toblerone, and he <laughs> takes it, which is just another wonderful Sopranos touch where whenever there's, like, food left over that you can wet your beak on, like, people just <laughs> yeah. love to steal food or, like, just take other people's food. There's just something uh, communal, family-style dining that, that they all do. Um, and then it ends with uh, Tony talking to Carmela about, uh, you know, his dream that he had, which is uh, kind of a kind of a beautiful scene um you know especially after the season all the ups and downs with their relationship it's kind of nice to see oh i love that scene i love yeah. that scene because it's like at the end of the day this is the only person that's like gonna fully accept him for like how awful he is yeah and he's the only person who will accept her for how awful she is yeah and like, like there is something yeah. like nice about it kind of because it's like we saw carmela try to date like a normal person right and it ended her with her her being like i'll fucking kill you you little fucking pussy (laughs) yeah exactly him just being like you threatened me with your pussy (laughs) 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 it was just like you know you get to see them as kind of being uh stuck together but in the most like romantic kind of way where like you know tony's been trying to replace her uh with um tony b a little bit and like having her uh, having tony b be the person that he talks to about all this stuff and tony b is just like i'm trying to clean up after my kids man he's (laughs) too annoying for anyone else and it's like right she's like do you remember that scene in like when they're going to nori in season Mm -hmm. six where he like he looks like the worst he's ever fucking looked. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. He looks terrible. Yeah, and he's like just squeezes into this suit, and she's like, "My <laughs> handsome man." Yeah, like, yeah. Just, that little scene <laughs> is so funny to me, but also yeah. so like illustrative because it's like, yeah, they're the only two people that can stand each other at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and you know, it's it's beautiful to see that she can know exactly what dream he's talking about, and he can describe the dream, and they uh, they end on that. Um, and yeah, and that's that's the episode. Um, real quick, let's do a favorite, least favorite. Uh, Vince, do you have a you have a favorite scene? I mean, super easy for me. Uh, just Tony saying, "How the fuck does this shit always happen to me?" After his oh, girlfriend yeah. catches on fire. That's uh, yeah, pretty lovely. Love that stuff. Um, what about uh, what about you, Felix? Do you have a, a favorite or most notable thing? Something we missed. Tony in the kitchen with Carmela watching the little kitchen TV. That's yeah. my favorite scene in the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, that one I feel like is the most subtly weighty. Mm-hmm. And like it feels so, like the way it's directed is so weird. Mm-hmm. It gives you this like disembodied, like funhouse feeling. And also like very significant dialogue that you can either accept, like, accept or gloss over or go deeper into. Yeah, that I loved. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Um, I I maintain my absolute favorite thing uh, is the maid Mirsa, um yeah. making making fucking enchiladas. It's uh, it is a beautiful scene, and uh, I don't you know I don't. Uh, this is a hard one to be like, oh, this is what's my least favorite because you know it's hard to even rank dream sequences in that level because they're so. Um, they're so detached from any uh, non-dream sequence episode. Um, but I will say, um, yeah, commercials for prostitutes on TV. Uh, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. <laughs> and if that does exist, someone let me know. Um, yeah, I think I'd give this a B plus. What, what do you think, Vince? Yeah, solid B plus for sure. Solid B plus. And uh, uh, Felix, if you had to rate this episode, how exactly <laughs> would you rate this episode? I had lowest, I would go as A minus. This isn't like, I don't think this is like, (laughs) I don't even think this is like a top three episode, but it's like my personal favorite. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, like, I think there are like, I could name off the top of my head, like tons of episodes that are better than this. Sure. White White Caps is like probably the best episode they've ever done. Yeah. Most things in season six B are better. Most of the episodes in season five are like kind of better, but I just personally love this one because of how well they get the feeling of dreams and how many like just eerie disem the eerie disembodied feeling throughout all of it. So just weighting my personal feelings about it, I would give it at least an A minus. All right. Well, so if I gave it a B plus and Vince gave it a B plus, you give it an A minus. It averages out. I would say this episode. Solid B plus. That's yeah, where, yeah. That's where if, if we're doing averages, that's what we're doing. And it'd uh, be like an eighty-seven or something. Eighty-seven, yeah. <laughs> something good. Yeah, yeah. That's that is a grade you can take home to your parents and have them love you. Um, and this is a solid A plus episode of Pod Yourself a Gun. Felix Peterman, thank you so much again my for coming pleasure. on uh, the podcast. Thank you for accepting my demand of doing the test stream. I'm not kidding. I literally was like, can we do the test stream? Please? Yeah, like, you did. Fine. Fine. Well, they were like, what a weird request, but okay. Well, no, when someone's, you know, you follow, you follow people's passion and uh, you wanted to do this one. And I was like, look, if he feels that passionately about it, let's do it. Especially since it's like the one episode where like, I think if we had just gotten a- anyone else to like, it just landed on somebody, they would have been like, uh, everyone would have just shit on it the whole time. And I liked your perspective of why this is actually the best episode of the Sopranos. It's not for everyone. It's for people that like lore. 
Yeah. Gotta love lore. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to love lore to enjoy the test stream. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? At BioLogic on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at up and coming podcast, Chapo Trap House. Yeah. Check out Chapo Trap House wherever you get your podcasts. Patreon.com slash Frotcast for all of the bonus episodes of our main podcast, the Film Drunk Frotcast, in which we talk about movies instead of The Sopranos. Um, Patri- uh, the $8 tier, of course, gets you a shout out, which we will do now. All right. Here are your $8 patrons for this week. We got Mark Silverstein. Hey, Mark Silverstein. What are you like? Shell Silverstein? We call this guy the giving tree. All right. I love it. I love it. That's next book, week. Right? Got... I don't know. I'm not looking <laughs> I think that works. Uh, next, we got uh, Gordon Davis. What is it? Gordon? What is this? Another Canadian we got over here? We call this guy, we call this guy Skates because he probably plays hockey. Yeah, yeah. All guys like named it. Gordon play hockey. That's what I know. Totally, dude. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next, we have a patron named Reverend Boat. Reverend Boat. That doesn't sound like a real name. I think you don't have to put your real name on Patreon. So some of these people already have a nickname. But I say mm-hmm. give a nickname to the nickname. That's what I say. Yeah, Reverend. Uh, we're going to call this guy Father Phil because we don't have any, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any reverends around here. We only have... Uh, monsignors and all right padres you know i love it yeah uh okay next we have jake we call him father phil because he probably comes in his pants all right <laughs> you already had it yeah. <laughs> just keep piling on nicknames all right jake fires uh fires uh you know where there's fires there's smoke we call this guy smoky oh that's actually perfect two more mackenzie parvin parvin I think my dog had uh, Parvo once. We call this guy Fido because he's got a he's got a dog disease for the last name. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, and finally we have Dylan Young. Dylan, oh, that's an easy one. We call this guy Dilly Pickles. Yeah. All right. Well, those are your eight dollar patrons for this week. Pod yourself a shout out. Broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions, comments, and concerns. Vince, what is the Google Voice number? 415-275-0030. All right, everyone. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, don't stop believing. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.